Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the 10th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Education for Heart Warriors, and we have a fantastic show for you today. Today's show is Continuing Education Through Conferences and Support Groups. Yero Gillis is a mother of two children, Maya, 11 years old, and Lexi, 7 years old. Her eldest daughter, Maya, has complex congenital heart disease, specifically unbalanced atrial ventricular septal defect with coarctation of the aorta. She has had three open-heart surgeries, the Norwood, the Glenn, and the Fontan, and countless other procedures. While difficulties were encountered during the early years, she is a shining example of how well these children can do in the face of adversity. Yara holds a BSc from Dalhousie University and is the founder and chair of the Braveheart Support Society, supporting families in Atlantic Canada living with the challenges of congenital heart disease. She is a patient and family-centered care consultant and over the last eight years has volunteered as a family advisor at the local children's hospital, IWK Health Center, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Yarrow. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm happy to have you back on the show, and I'm sure my faithful listeners will recognize your voice since you were on the show not too long ago. Yes, that's correct. Just a few weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, it was so much fun to talk to you then. And here we are again, but now we're talking about something totally different. And I would really love for you to tell us about Braveheart Support Society and why you felt you needed to create it. Sure. My daughter was born just over 11 years ago. And at that time, I remember when I looked around, I couldn't find any support in my area here in Atlantic Canada that could support me in what I felt I needed. I remember feeling quite isolated. There was the annual Heart Talk Conference, which we'll discuss later, that's put on by the Cardiac Centre at our local children's hospital. But that was an annual conference. As a matter of fact, I missed it the first year. So I went 18 months without actually speaking at length to anyone else in person about what I was going through with my daughter. So I remember in a way I spent a couple of years waiting and hoping somebody else would start a support organization to support families like mine and it never happened. And so finally, after my second daughter was born, helpfully, thankfully, about a year later I decided, okay, it's time. And so I formalized some of the support that we were doing unofficially, just getting together with some local mothers for coffee. I formalized it and formally created 
and founded the Braveheart Support Society, and that is to support families here in Atlanta, Canada, living with congenital heart disease. So what are your support group meetings like? It sounds like you have coffee or tea with one another. Yes, so we run roughly monthly parent support meetings. We meet roughly all the months except July and August and December because in December we host a Christmas party. So roughly once a month we have an evening where we've done it a few times at different locations, but we've come back to the local children's hospital itself so that we are able to ensure that if anyone who's actually in-house in the hospital feels the need to access our support, that we are right there for them. Mm -hmm. And we are very, very informal. I know that sometimes parents or anyone might feel somewhat intimidated by formal type settings where you might have to perhaps introduce yourself or sign in or what have you. So it's really just meeting together, coming together for coffee or whatnot, and just sitting around and chatting and letting the conversation flow. But on occasion, we do also have uh, guest speakers. So I've had an adult who is post-Fontan as a guest speaker. I've also had a cardiac care nurse and a psychology resident through the years, as well as founders of other organizations or just other areas or topics that would be of interest to local heart families that they may find of interest and supportive to them. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I think uh, families have quite liked it. And we get a varied amount of families attending, I think based on perceived need. So I find some families do seem to be feeling that they're receiving enough support in our online and social media type world. But if they're going through a crisis um, or, you know, a, a specific event is on the horizon, we do tend to receive more inquiries for our monthly meetings. And that's when we see more parents coming to our meetings as well. Right. It's a different world now, isn't it? Compared to what it was 11 years ago, there is so much support online and it didn't used to be that way. Do you Do you remember those days? It's tremendous what a difference in just 10, 11 years in terms of social media. And it's probably in eight, nine years, actually, because I remember begrudgingly for the first year or so, I wasn't wanting to join social media. But I do see that from many new parents of children with congenital heart disease, that they tend to be comfortable just accessing care and support through various online channels. And in our case, and in many cases, that is maybe the only option they have. We also run on Facebook, a closed parent support group, and it allows people in our own geographic area to meet and chat. And then they can, uh, you know, meet up in person, perhaps outside of their social network. So people are getting a lot of support from that. And that does have an impact on whether or not people will choose to come out for face-to-face parent support. I think there's something to be said for the face-to-face support versus the online support. Of course, like you, I started a support group way back when, when there wasn't social media. And I was so thankful every time I had a chance to meet with other parents. And then after my son was well past his Fontan surgery, I wasn't feeling the need for support so much, but I felt I needed to continue to go to the meetings so that I could be that picture of hope that I wanted to see when my son was a baby. And so even when he was two and three and four years old, I still went back to the support group meeting to say, yes, it does get better, and just to be there for them. I'm curious, does your support group have any opportunities for teens or for the children? Well, it sounds like you had that one party, but aside from that, do they have any learning opportunities? 
We don't have specific quote-unquote learning opportunities for funding and resource reasons. Those are pretty much the reasons that we haven't at this point. It's something that we have as a goal, for example, in the teen area is if we had more people resources, then we would look to expand in that area. We have had several other opportunities that we present for families and children. So what we also do is we generally tend to have the annual Braveheart Walk, which is not just about fundraising, but it's also about bringing families together so families can see other families with siblings, with little kids, with big kids, all running around and having a great time. We also, as Braveheart, just run a couple of unofficial, say, beach days and park days and so then we do a Christmas event every year and sometimes we may do a fall event where people get together and go to one of the local farm areas. So we do do a few events throughout the year and when we had funding we also did do monthly play groups which was really targeted towards the little tots and young children and to be quite honest I do find that we want to ensure that the primary focus would be the families of the young children because I've always believed that if you give the strong amount of support to the family when their child is youngest, it allows them to become a stronger family and thus in turn creates a stronger support for that child to grow and become a stronger young adult as well. So we do focus there and from there when resources can allow us, we do hope to branch out from just the younger crowd. Oh, I love it. And that's the perfect place for us to take a quick commercial break. Don't leave yet, listeners, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Yara about what kind of learning opportunities are available at the regional congenital heart disease conferences when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. The most common themes that I hear is why. She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it to help me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is continuing education through conferences and support groups. Today we're talking with Yero about Braveheart Support Society. So first of all, let's talk about your role as a family advisor for your local children's hospital. What exactly do you do, Yero? It's been about eight years that I've been volunteering as a family advisor at the IWK Children's Hospital. A family advisor is someone who has patient or family caregiver perspective and experience, in our case, our local children's hospital. And so over the years, I've sat on various committees from budgeting to capital planning and infrastructure to currently I'm on a steering committee for the nursing strategic planning. And I continue to maintain a presence and provide perspective from 
my patient and caregiver perspective so that at the table you will have a variety of perspectives and input from different areas of expertise. And so the area that I always try to bring is the patient perspective and not only my patient perspective, because that is one perspective, but through the work that I do at Braveheart, I hear a lot of other experiences from other families as well as anyone else I know who have children with complex or chronic illnesses, I do also try to draw on their feedback and experiences and bring that to the table in the work that I do. That sounds wonderful. And it's so valuable for them to hear exactly how their hospital has impacted the lives of the families that they touch. Exactly. And there are many ways, the most basic job to the most complex job that everybody's position and everything that everyone does actually does have a direct impact on patient care and our patient experience. Right. Well, I know that the IWK has an annual heart conference. So can you tell us a little bit more about those conferences? Yes, absolutely. The conference that is put on is hosted by the IWK Heart Center Care Team. And I believe it's in its 23rd year now. So it's been going on for quite a while. And I have to say, it's an amazing annual heart conference. It's an educational heart conference. We learn a lot of information at these conferences. Plus, it's a time when families can come together. Again, it was before there was ever Brave Heart. It's a time for families to come together to connect and learn from each other. And as a matter of fact, when I was starting Brave Heart, one of my goals with Brave Heart was to support and enhance and create additional opportunities similar to what was done at the annual heart conference to allow those more frequent opportunities throughout the year. Right. Well, I was actually a speaker at one of those conferences a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. I think it was nine-ish years ago. Yeah, I think so. And I brought my son with me, and they asked me to be a speaker. I actually brought Alex up on stage with me, and we had brought one of the quilts from the congenital heart Defect Quilt Awareness Project, and Alex used a pointer and pointed to his block on the quilt, and we talked a little bit about that, which was really neat. I had a chance to bring him up on stage with me, and that was a lot of fun, but that was a long, long time ago. (laughs) I'm sure he enjoyed that as well. He did. He really did. You all showered him with attention and made him feel very special, which was a lot of fun for him, but I remember that you all had a teen panel at that conference and it was wonderful for me at that time my son was actually a little boy (laughs) and so to see an entire panel of teenagers talking about their lives and about most of them had pacemakers and they were talking about their quality of life it gave me so much hope for my young son so I think you all do an excellent job with that conference and it was an opportunity not just for the parents but for the teens to reach out and speak with other teens and there were children there as well so it really was a holistic type of conference. Absolutely. Yes, at the conference, they do a couple of things that are phenomenal. They had noticed, I believe, early on that a barrier for families was childcare. So they do run childcare from the ages of one year to six years. And so if you have a child at that age, they go into the childcare area and we meet up with them at lunch. But from the age of, I believe it's six, six or seven onwards, the child then moves into the preteen group. So those kids do activities together. And then there's the teen group. So it's not just the parents who are at a conference. My daughter calls it her heart conference as well. <laughs> and she goes it off and does activities. 
and the teens they have their own conference and then those yeah. teens that you would have seen would have been at their all-day conference and then they returned and some of them you know formed the teen panel and every year they have different panels made up of different interests and perspectives and there's a lot of great education that happens there every year i just love it because a lot of people might have thought when i'm focusing on education for this season that it was all school-based but i think education is all around us and part of that is my philosophy as a homeschool mom. <laughs> I, I Absolutely. see lots of different opportunities for education, but I think these conferences are a really important part of our children seeing that learning about their heart defects and learning about what is available for them is going to be lifelong. Absolutely. And to provide them with additional opportunities to see kids younger than them and older than them allows them to see how well they can do in the years going forward as well. And for them to know that they're having these experiences, but you can survive, you can thrive, you can you can meet the world head on and take it on. And, and I think it's amazing opportunities that they get to have to see these other children like themselves. Yes. One of the things that I liked as well was that there were a number of professionals who were there. So it actually gave the parents a chance to see their children's doctors outside of an emergency or a surgical setting. And I think that's important too, don't you? Absolutely. So what happens is we may see our professionals on panels or in presenting to us, but then we also have question periods afterwards. And we get professionals ranging from our cardiologists, our surgeons, there could be psychologists on the panels. A popular session every year is the dental team. So the, oh. yeah, yeah, that's a popular one and we learn a lot. And so I actually try to take the information we learn and post it to our website or to our private Facebook group as well. There's physiotherapy. We've had sessions with eating disorders because a lot of kids were tube fed or maybe have oral right. issues. So there's yeah. a lot that we learn and it's exactly that as well. Often the families and the professionals may have lunch together. So they love to see all these kids in a different setting, which again is what we as Braveheart try to also provide. For example, at our Braveheart walk that just happened, we had our surgeon and a cardiologist showed up at the walk as well. And they get to see the little kids running around and the kids also get to see them in a non-lab coat type setting, which is great. Right, right. Everybody sees each other as humans <laughs> outside of all the tubes and the paraphernalia that comes with being in the hospital. And I think it takes some of the fear away for the kids and the parents, don't you? Absolutely. I think there's a lot to be said for different settings. And I don't want to speak for any professional, but I might imagine that one would see a child in a clinical setting and you're viewing them as uh, you may occasionally be looking at the illness and not so much as mm -hmm. the child. But when you're in a different setting where there's no clinical area around, it's outdoors playing at lunchtime, then you really do see them as a happy, thriving child. It's got to be rewarding for them to see the fruit of their labor because they did the operations they did or helped these children through those operations. Look at the quality of life they can have now. Yes, absolutely. I've heard that from areas, for example, say in nursing, the ICU team would talk about how they don't get a chance to see how the kids are doing later on. For example, I have spoken recently at a conference for respiratory therapists and they really enjoyed seeing some of the pictures I showed because they may have seen my child as a baby, for example, right. but they would never have seen her as a 10-year-old mm -hmm. playing piano or curling or acting like a fool type thing, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's that. Oh, that's going to be so rewarding for them. Well, we 
need to take a quick break, but don't leave yet, listeners, because when we come back, Yara will tell us about the special summer camp available in Canada for children with congenital heart defects and the special learning opportunities they have there as well when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. When I saw so many of these CHG groups growing, I found family just ready to join me. Anyone who is a member of the adult congenital heart defect community can be a guest on our show. We have a great year planned and we look forward to sharing other interesting topics. Heart to Heart with Nicole and David, serving the ACHD community, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is continuing education through conferences and support groups, and our expert is Yara Gillis. She's been sharing information about the regional conferences available to heart families, but we only have a few minutes left in this last segment, and I really want to talk about the wonderful children's camp that you have. It's called Camp Braveheart at Brigadoon, and it looks amazing. Can you tell us more about it, Yaro? Sure, this camp is quite amazing, in fact. And the founder of Brigadoon himself, he is also quite amazing. I spoke with him a number of times when I was starting Braveheart. The Brigadoon Village, they run quite a number of camps for different types of chronic illnesses, as well as a bereavement camp. And Camp Braveheart is one of the camps. Camp Braveheart runs typically the second week of July. This year is July 9th to 14th. It's a camp for children with heart-related issues, and it's for youth ages 7 to 17 years old. And there are a variety of activities that the kids take part in, from canoeing to drama, cooking, environmental education, outdoor recreation, fine arts, and swimming. And on the note of swimming, I know my daughter tells me about every year she takes part in, voluntarily, of course, the polar bear swim, of course, summertime, but (laughs) summertime... Summertime in Canada can still be chilly, but uh, this is at a lake. They're situated on a lake, so of course it should be warm by then, and children can choose to get up early at 6 or 6.30 in the morning and run down and take part in even the polar bear swim. It's not listed here, but I remember my daughter mentioned archery as well, and I believe the older youth, they do perhaps an overnight an overnight camping experience. So they're at a camp facility that was created especially for Brigadoon. They do an overnight trek as well. So I know my daughter has been going since she was eligible to attend. I think she's going to her third year now. And she loves it. She loves it so much that she asks if she can attend also for the asthma camp a couple of weeks <laughs> later. So she has a fantastic time. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like there are so many different activities for them to choose from. Now, do you have doctors or nurses or are there medical people who are attending this as well, just in case one of the kids should need some extra help? 
Absolutely. It's the only reason my daughter goes. <laughs> and I remember again, back at the beginning when I started Braveheart, I remember thinking my daughter won't be able to attend camp because I can't just send her off and expect that somebody else is going to understand the severity of the situation, but also don't treat her with kid gloves necessarily. And lo and behold, right. Brigadoon was founded. And so a modest portion of our funds that we raise are actually directed towards Brigadoon because we believe that that is an important part of supporting our kids. Mm-hmm. And so Kids attend there and they have a fantastic time, but for the parents' peace of mind, and just because it's safety and important, there is always a nurse on staff, but not only is there always, I believe, a nurse on staff, there are volunteer care team members also attending the camp. So there are other additional volunteers, I believe, of nurses or perhaps child life specialists. I know that come from the Children's IWK Health Center and they actually attend and volunteer at the camp. And then the camp counselors have good specialized care. What I love about it myself as the parent is that there is a nurse on staff to triage if necessary, but they also take care of all the medications. So many of the children have needs. And you can't just send your child off to any old camp and hope they get it right. You need to know that they're fixed and competent. They have a first aid station. So they do a phenomenal job of taking care of our children. So what do you think Maya has learned, aside from the physical activities and the drama and all of the different activities they can choose from, what else do you think she learns from being at the Camp Braveheart? I think there are quite a number of things she learns. One of them is definitely confidence. She's an outgoing child as well, but I do know from other parents who whose children are maybe not quite as outgoing, that maybe they're a little reticent to attend. And by the end of the week, they're very happy and can't wait to go back again. So confidence and friendship building, I know, are some of the big ones. I I know they do a drama camp or drama activity, so that is also about building confidence. And they help them to build independence. I know, for example, in the cooking and the other activities they do are all about helping them to build independence and confidence and friendships. And I think all of those are important skills, especially for our children, Mm -hmm. because a lot of time in our environments, we as their parents, we've been through so much with them. We see them going through so much. We've done so much for them. So sometimes it's hard for parents to recognize that our children are getting older and we need to be giving them more independence. And this Mm -hmm. sometimes may be that first opportunity for our child to be gaining full independent skills outside of the care of their parents. This may be the first time, and in my case it was the first time, my child was away anywhere else just because we don't have a lot of family nearby. And in younger, earlier years, and for me personally, but for other families it can continue into later years, if your child's care is still complex, many Mm -hmm. people don't feel comfortable taking care of your child, so you have no opportunity to let them go elsewhere to feel independent. So this camp provides those options. Right. I think that's so valuable. And I think it's important for adult survivors to be part of these camps. And I know a lot of times the counselors are people who had been there as children themselves. And I think that's just fabulous. It helps the kids to see that there is life beyond the hospital and all the doctor's appointments and they can grow up and lead a quality life. Absolutely. And that's something I forgot to mention. Yes, the older campers, once they get to a certain age, You'd have to look on their website to just forget the term, what they call their camp. They become camp leaders or youth leaders. 
And that's exactly it. I know my daughter then looks up to those teen leaders who have special hearts like her. And Mm -hmm. that's what happens. They get to know that the world is open with opportunity for them. It's not this smaller world that they perhaps thought was their own. And, And some of them do have significant limitations. So to see older kids, teens and young adults working with those limitations and yet taking on the world out canoeing and diving and swimming and doing whatever they are doing shows them that there's so much they can do. Right. I just love it. And to me, learning is a lifelong process. So can you give heart parents and survivors some advice on how they can find resources such as those we mentioned today that might be near them in case they're not near Canada? Sure. So, you know, with Brigadoon, the camp we were just talking about, I'm pretty sure there was a camper from the United States attending the camp. So I do believe it is open. And if anyone has kids who want to attend Camp Braveheart, they should really check out the Brigadoon website. You can always check out our website, braveheartsupport.ta, or search Braveheart Support Society. And on there, we have links. So we have links to the annual Heart Talk Conference. Right now, it shows as a past event because we don't have the information coming out for the upcoming one yet. And we also have links to other Canadian-sourced information for Canadians, but it's all general because it's congenital heart disease. But we link to the Sick Kids website website which is based out of Toronto. Through our website also you can find information about Brigadoon and information about congenital heart disease that we house or link to from the Braveheart website. That's fabulous. And I know, being a United States of America citizen, that there are a lot of camps throughout the United States as well. One of my dear friends, Jenny Busta, has been a camp counselor at Camp de Corazon. And I know there are lots of other camps as well. And in fact, my website, www.congenitalheartdefects.com, used to have a whole section on camps. And it will again in the future, folks. It's down right now for renovation, but it will be up again soon. And I hope to have a lot of information about camps such as Camp Braveheart. But thank you so much for sharing this information, Nero. I feel like continuing education is a big part of what we do to lead successful kids continuing lives. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your information with my listeners. Thank you so much. And also, I did want to mention, just as you're mentioning it, I know some parents can be concerned about sending their child to camp. They worry that their child may not do well there or that the child is not ready, or perhaps the child is ready and the parent is worried. But I can tell you, this is pretty much the only place I would want to send my child would be to a, a cardiac-specific camp at, at her young age. And, and I'm sure for the camps that you have in the States, where they have someone like a nurse on staff to take care of the children if needed. So to send your child out there, as we've talked about, it allows them to gain a tremendous amount of independence, which can only be good for them as they grow older. So if you can just manage to get yourself to sign up to register your child, both of you will do well for the experience. Oh, I love it. That is so perfect. Thanks again, Yero. And that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, please find and follow our radio show on Spreaker. And that's spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. 
If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.